Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Well, precious Father, thank you that we can be gathered today in faith and unity with expectation. Lord, we just pray that you speak to the hearts of each, each of us today. May these be your words. Um, thank you, Father. Thank you that we can worship you today in spirit and truth. And uh, thank you, really, for everyone that came today. For choosing life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Bless Pastor Dennis with the kids. Bless the kids. <laughs> Lord, bless Pastor Dennis and Kaylee. What a treasure they are. The, the team. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. I mean, you know your pastor's humble when he does Sunday school. That's amazing, actually. Um, Terribly in Matthew 16, and just for a few minutes, um, just great to be encouraging you today. And um, just listened into the team meeting that Pastor Dennis had with the team yesterday. It was awesome. Really good time. you know, God is all over the work here in Frederick. How many have noticed that? It's really obvious. It's really incredible, actually. That, um, you know, that his work done his way never lacks his provision. And uh, I want to talk a little bit today about roots, about going deep. And, uh, but no, just listening to the staff meeting yesterday and just thinking, wow, you know, prayer care, uh, seeking the Lord's will, and uh, just reaching out. I guess there's a great team. How many out were in evangelism yesterday, Steve? Fifteen. Fifteen. Wow, that's amazing. Loving Frederick times fifteen. Isn't that good? Uh, it's actually quite rare, actually, not to compare, but just to say that uh, a church on the streets is a beautiful thing, isn't it? It really is. And I just loved listening to the team, their comments, and uh, just know that you're prayed for. You and the church here are prayed for, thought of. I don't think Pastor Dennis sleeps, right, Kaylee? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I talked to him quite a bit during the week, and uh, it's always about people, and I, I love his heart. Don't we love Kaylee, too? Yeah. Okay, I got to say this, behind every great man is a greater woman. That's right. It's true. It's the backbone. Right. It's a rib bone. Hey, she's the rib bone. (laughs) It's all the bones. We were doing a a welcome Sunday in Baltimore, and my wife was with me, and I just said, you know, I couldn't do any of this without my wife. And us husbands that have two brain cells in our brain, we would say the same thing, right? (laughs) I know Brian has a few brain cells. Okay, Matthew 16. I, I want to consider a couple thoughts today, and um, I don't know about you. I'm really, I'm really motivated in my spirit in these last days um, to seize an opportunity in our nation. Uh, and we just came back from Atlanta. We've been working on planting a church there, uh, and just see, just see opportunities where God is really answering where we haven't or really there's fruit where there's been no real planting and I had a gentleman say this to me um, 
he said, you know, I felt like I've been swimming in sand and, and hearing what you had to say to me today, he says, I feel like I've found my ocean. And I just, I don't know, that strikes me. It's a simple statement, but uh, here's a man that knows the Bible. And uh, just when you hear grace, it's just another language. It's just another, it's just a whole other world, isn't it? So like our commitment to you and to the Lord is really uh, to see God grow us in the grace and knowledge of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, so Matthew 16 really shows us a couple of interesting points. But think about that. Like, like we are hearing the Bible, but it's something that is transforming us. Love is transforming us, isn't it? Like we're not just gathered here to check a box, but really we care to know the heart and nature of God. And in knowing him, uh, everything is transformed. And here we see this in verse 13 of chapter 16. Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? The son of man I am. So, so okay, I can give something else there. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some other, Jeremiah and others, one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Interesting shift there. Maybe you've heard this before, but for some reason I can't get this out of my mind. I've been thinking about it for several weeks, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, notice what his answer, notice the release of, of the work of the Spirit uh, that his answer gives. Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so think about these words for a minute. You know, uh, just as we build here, it's amazing seeing God bring the pieces together, isn't it? Just, it's almost like a grand puzzle. You know, people are added. We got Billy here that just came off. I uh, saw our sign today. It's great to have Billy with us. Uh, just, just, it's step by step, person by person, heart by heart. Um, really, it's, it's, uh, it's really a work of God. But when we see this question, I want to challenge us to think, what do we know about God today? What do we know about God? And uh, last week's message by Pastor Dennis really kind of dovetails on this thought. And I want to compliment and maybe continue that thought today. But who do people say that I am? Wow. If we were to go around the room and ask that question, if we were to go around the world for that matter, we would have a lot of answers, Right. Right, the secularist would might say, "Christ, you know, he he was a good guy that did a lot of good things." The Muslim might say he's a prophet. Um, the unbeliever might have a uh, the the uh, the unbeliever might have a very general and subjective answer. But when you ask a believer, it's very different, isn't it? Yeah. Like someone might ask you, you know, I I did this in a class one time. I said, "Give me some characteristics of how." What are some of the names that you pray to God in? Like, for instance, one person said, he is my healer. He is my heavenly father. He is my friend. And how we know God is typically how we relate to him, right? So when Jesus said this, who do men say that I am? 
The cultural answer was all these names. They were just comparative things. But when he asked Peter, and think about, think about Peter, for instance. We're all Peter, aren't we? How many Peters do we have in the room today? All of us, right? Um, and he gets a bad rap because he was kind of an emotional guy. But, you know, he knew the Lord. And when he failed, he fell forward, right? When he made a fool out of himself, he, he discovered the grace and love of God. Even when he denied Christ, which was a horrific thing, the eyes of Christ looked at him, and what happened? Peter's heart was instantly reconciled, and he was smote in his heart. But who do you say that I am? And I, want to, I want us to think about that today, because who do you say that I am? Who do you say? We could say he's our God. We could say he's the Christ, right? He's the anointed one. There's actually a thousand names to God, to Christ, I should say. But what, what happened with Peter? He says, you are the Christ. You are my Lord. Remember Mary at the tomb? Think with me, Mary at the tomb, there she was, weeping because of the loss of her Savior. And there she thought that it was the gardener that was talking to her. Remember that? And what changed Mary's uh, crying into a, into a place of real um, joy? Jesus called her by her name. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus calls you by your name. We're not just some random number. Isn't that good? <laughs> We're not some barcode that you scan, right? That's coming, by the way. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we are, we are an original, unique masterpiece of God. And who do we say that he is? Because how, how we know him is how he's going to be revealed in our life. In Frederick, uh, the, the point of our church here is that people would find, you would find Christ and Christ crucified. That you would find him lifted up more than anything else. Uh, that anything else or any any uh, anything we could do. But I want to look at Jeremiah, Jeremiah with me, Jeremiah nine. Now, maybe we know him. Maybe the unbeliever is angry at God and says, "Well, he's not answered my prayer, so I know him as unfaithful, or or I know him maybe as a bad example. Maybe they saw things in their childhood or, or saw a bad example." Of, of leadership and so they know God in an incorrect way and um, so we have the privilege of praying loving and demonstrating who God is uh, I was I was in a meeting this week where a young man was very upset about his life and every every word had swears in it and and just really wrathful and I was sitting there with his mother and I thought Okay, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to endure this conversation. And the Lord said, just be quiet and listen to him and demonstrate my patience. I said, well, I don't have patience to endure this. The Lord said, I'll give it to you. And it's amazing. Like 40 minutes into it, he kind of ran out of gas. Thank God. And uh, we, we began to minister to him. And... Um, anyway, so there's a demonstration, isn't it? Isn't that good? A demonstration. So... Look at this in Jeremiah 9.23. Uh, Jeremiah 9.23. So what do we know about God today? What we know about God is going to bring us deep into him, isn't it? Like this is a day where 
we can't be like the styrofoam cup on the top of the surface of the water, right? You ever seen trash? Uh, sometimes in the Inner Harbor we have trash, and it just kind of floats around. And we, God has to bring us deep so that we're not like a styrofoam cup just kind of blown by every wind or every detail. But when we're deep, there's, there's a real weightiness. There's a real anointing. Um, which is a beautiful thing. That means that life doesn't derail us. Life certainly touches us. Problems certainly touches us, right? Touch us, but we're not derailed, right? And so in 923, this is how we understand this. It says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let, nor let the rich man uh, glory in his riches, right? Because those are all things that he may be... Has produced or was given to him, right? It's the same principle with Cain and Abel, right? Why did God reject Cain and his offering? Because Cain produced it. Interesting. And why was Abel's offering received? Because what did Abel bring? What was Abel's offering? What was Abel's offering? It was. It was a lamb, right? And it's the same principle. God is like, I'm interested in what. Uh, you, the, what, not what you're producing, but what I'm producing in you. And this is what he says. He says, let him who glories, glories in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these days I delight, uh, for, in, for in these I delight, saith the Lord. Okay, think about that. This is a powerhouse verse. Because the mighty man, he glories in his might, right? He's like, look how big I am, look how strong I am. How many have been watching the Winter Olympics? Anybody? It's been pretty awesome, hasn't it? Oh, I think it's pretty awesome. (laughs) My son and I, it's great, my son's like, so, you know, know, the skiers going down the slopes and everything, so he pretends that on the couch, you know? (laughs) And guess guess who's the, the, the barriers that keep him from falling off the... I am. He just jumps up, crashes on me. It's great. So he's practicing the Winter Olympics on me. So uh, anyway, the the mighty man, if he's if his identity is in his strength, he's he's just going to talk about himself. He's going to talk about his efforts. He's going to talk about how great he is. But God is saying, "Oh, I am so much more mightier than man." Mm. Isn't that good? On our weakest day, thank you, Lord. He is strong. And on our strongest day, he is still stronger. Thank you, Lord. He is. And really, when we're weak, it's when he's the strongest. The rich man glories in his riches. How many have met somebody like that? Thank God for those with means, right? Give give it to the Lord. That's what I say. There's a lot that can be done with generosity. but, But really, I've known people that have lost it in a moment. I remember that in the Ukraine uh, early in the uh, late 80s, people were building houses and had money. And then there was, uh, I don't know how to say it in English, actually. There was, there was like an inflation where people lost their money. They lost a great, the value of money plunged, right? And uh, when you drive through some of the countrysides now, you see scores of homes that were half built. Uh, because what they had, they lost, right? We can lose money. We can lose strength. We can lose health, hopefully not. We can lose means. We can lose friends. We can lose all of those things, right? But guess what? We glory in knowing God. That's someone we can't lose, amen? We cannot lose God. 
we, you know, everything else can be taken away. I remember uh, thinking about uh, the underground church. It's like thinking that they had everything taken from them, but one thing that mattered most was they, their faith could not be taken from them. And that's a beautiful thought. Isn't that good? Okay, Philippians 3. Uh, Philippians 3. Let's look at that for a minute. So, going deep. Going deep. Christians with content. This has been kind of, this is what I want to think about today. You know, Pastor Dennis was saying this at the staff meeting yesterday. It's like, like we're a ministry that has content in the sense where you're going to learn your Bible here. Um, and I think the church loses something when it tries to be like the world, right? We can't compete with the world, right? We can't. And nor should we, right? But our strength is discipling people in who God is. So who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? I, I'd ask yourself to say that question to you this week when you enter into a trial. Believe me, I'm sure you could say the same. What you know of God is challenged, right? Right? You can talk back to me. It's okay. Yeah. Yes. You can, right? Or it is. And God is saying, to the measure I temper you, to the measure that I bring you deep is to the measure that you, not only will you know me, but you will see me actively working in your life. Actively working. We do a lot of addictions counseling in Baltimore. And I, I had a guy say this to me. He says, you know, I've, I've, I've known God for many years, but in the last two weeks, three weeks, I begin to practice my faith. And I said, what does that mean? He says, well, he says, I knew a lot about prayer, but I started praying. I knew a lot about the Bible, but I started reading I knew a lot about coming to church, but then I became interested in growing in knowing who God is in the church. It's a big difference, isn't there? It's a big difference. So boast in knowing and understanding. I mean, could we understand an infinite God? We can't. Romans 11.33, he's past finding out. I mean, we can, I can know Andrew, right? He's a friend. He's a brother. But understanding him is a whole nother ballgame. It's like in a marriage, right? You can have a friendship, you can have a relationship, but then there's an understanding which goes beyond anything that we could even articulate, right? All, all us married guys could say that. How many are married here today? Yeah. So you could say that, right? Right? You're really quiet out there. Yes. Talk to me. It's true. And that's what love's all about. Love is not like a styrofoam cup blowing on the surface of the water and some whim comes by and all of a sudden we're gone into the trash heap. No, no. There's depth. We're tethered to something immovable. We're tethered to something greater. There's weight to us where we can take the hit on the jaw. We can take the, the barrage of words that, that are like, will spin your head around. Or you can take something. Why? Because Christ you know Christ. And Christ took it all, right? Isn't that good? He, he took it all. So, all right. Philippians 3. This has been a great verse. Um, and I just, I was just thinking about the church in Frederick and uh, that God is fitly framing us. Isn't it true? God is fitly framing. Uh, in Ephesians 4, it talks about being fitly framed. Anybody here like working with puzzles? Okay. I share your enthusiasm. Two people, okay? So my wife loves puzzles. I mean, she'll go all, all, all day and into the night and 
I'm like, hello, remember us? <laughs> Carson and I are cooking our own food and <laughs> hunting our own food. No, she gets into it, right? And I love that because a puzzle, you can't really see it. You can see the thing on the board. You can see the thing on the box. But piece by piece, it's, it's really being uh, a real, it's a real ma- uh, masterpiece. And this is what this church is all about. Uh, God is fitly framing all of us. All of you matter. All of you matter. Like sometimes we might think, oh, I don't play a big role. But actually, no, each joint supplies in 413 and 416. Everybody, not just the spiritual ones and the non-spiritual ones, whatever that means, everybody before God plays a role that strengthens and supports all of us. Because all of us are on our face before God saying, Lord, I don't want to glory in anything, nothing, in 115.1 of Psalms, just you. I just want to glory in you. If anything goes right in my life, it's because of you. I remember my premarital counseling pastor a million years ago, he said this. He said, he goes, uh, you must have done something right to, to land this girl, right? Yeah, my wife and I, it, it's amazing, you know, just... Must have done something right. I said, oh, no, this is a gift from God. Amen. <laughs> it's a gift right. from God. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. I love all these husbands today. It's good. Amen. All right. Philippians 3.8. So, what do we know? What do we know? You know, we're in such an age of Google Christianity. We can know a lot of things, but the, the issue is not what we know. It's what we're learning. I mean, I love... I love uh, John and Grace driving 40 minutes from Western Virginia, right? It's an hour. Okay. Two hours. It could be six hours. No. Honestly, what do they know? They know God, but what are they learning? They can't live without the body. That's incredible. Like, and I don't, I don't mean to put them out as better than any of us. All of you, I think of Bella and Brian. I think of all, like, the, the, the crowd we driving from... from uh, from Baltimore, I, th- I heard Adam talk about driving to and fro from Route 70. I mean, I think, we're, I think we can drive that with our eyes closed now, I think. I think we even know the mile markers. But um, I was thinking about Pastor Dennis. I'd hate to know his budget for gas. I mean, it must be incredible. Wow. Uh, anyway, uh, but we know a lot of things. But in one sense, what are we learning? What are we learning this is where our roots go down deep. And I want to show you this verse in a minute. But Philippians chapter 3, I love this. Look at this. It says this. It says, um, okay, verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I counted for loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ and, and his righteousness. So think about that. Paul, very gifted man, very capable, had a lot of, uh, on, on the scale of, of the world standard, a lot of things to boast in. But he says, you know what? It all means nothing. Can, can we say that today? I mean, that's a, that's a heavy thought. Lord, and people are afraid of loss. This is where the root of fear comes in a lot of times. Like, I'm going to lose what I have. And the more stuff I have, the more worry I have that I'm going to lose the stuff I have. And God says, count it all. 
Yes. Count it all loss. In this yes. sense, give it all to me. Yes. Give it all to me, and I will care for all the stuff yes. that you're worried about losing. And then, and then guess what? He takes care of that in 2 Timothy 1.12. He takes care of our stuff. He takes care of us. He takes care of the things that we think we can't live without. And God says, oh, I, he says, oh, you can live without a lot of stuff, actually. You can't live without me. You can't live without me. So I count it all but rubbish. Rubbish. Uh, rubbish. You know, I, every three months I clean out my basement. I don't know if it's an OCD thing, but I, I'm a minimalist in this sense where I'm like, I don't want to have things just to have things. I want to use the things I have. Anybody like that here? Okay. Oh, bests. I love you. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's a beautiful thing. It's like, okay, Lord, I commit it all to you. And, it, and if it's not yours, then I don't need it. And, and isn't it true that God provides everything that we need when we need it? And his provisions define everything that we need. That's why as we grow out of this building, honestly, Pastor Dennis and I were talking about this just recently. It's, it's inevitable. And it's not about numbers either. It's just exciting to see God ministering to this city, ministering to Mount Air, people coming from Mount Airy, uh, from all over the place. It's amazing. And just the future churches, if the Lord tarries. But I love this. I love this. Think about this. Thermont, right? Thermont. We're throwing our shoe at Thermont, right? Yeah. I love this. Okay, 3.8. That I may know him in 3.10 in the power of his resurrection. To know him. To learn him. Boy, with kids, isn't it? They, they know a lot of things like pick up, your, pick, up, pick up your clothes off the floor, right? They know to do that. But do they do it? No, they don't, right? No, they don't. There's dad. There's mom running around. Uh, the helicopter parent here. Um, no, they're learning it. Maybe it's the 60th time, the 80th time. How, how long did it take us to learn? How long did it take us to learn? How many of us are still learning? Amen. Amen. Bobby, all right. Okay, okay Jeremiah, look at this with me. Just thank God today that he is faithful. Thank God today he is the strong one. And I love what Peter said, you are the Christ. And then Jesus says this, nobody told you that, Peter, except my spirit. What is that? That's revelation, right? We can know a lot about Christianity, but in the trial, we can fold like a deck of cards. Especially in temptation, right? We can know, know all these things, but, in, but unless the spirit breathes on it and gives power and authority, we'll fold like a deck of cards. And then... This is the most amazing thing. God says, I will build my church on you. And I just want to say that. Like, there's a work of God happening in us. God is not, you, we're not God's employees. We're not just doing some work for God. God is, God is interested in you. He's interested in me. We are his mission field. Isn't that good? So Brian may have a gift in worship ministry, or we could walk around the room here and talk about different gifts. Leanne, the gift of hospitality, or... Uh, or we could go around the room, but God is like, I'm not interested in what you can do without me. I'm interested in what you can't do without me. Amen. Right? I want you yeah. to boast in me, and I want you yes. to declare who I am. And then there's an eternal work happening. Right? Right? Amen? How many are with me? How many are understanding something I'm saying? 
Good. This is good, isn't it? All right. Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17. So I count it all but loss. Whatever take whatever is not given to God will one day take me from God. Lord, whatever I don't give to you will one day maybe take me from you in this sense where we can never be separated from his love, but we can certainly be too busy for God or we can somehow prioritize him out of our life. That might sound strange, but life happens like that. But today you're boasting in the Lord. You're here today. You're here tomorrow, right? There's a heart for the homeless. There's a heart for the people in, uh, that, are, that are struggling. Um, you have a heart that God has given you uh, to reveal his heart, which is a miracle. All right, 17. Uh, look at this here, verse 7. Uh, actually, we could say uh, 5, right? Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs. From the Lord. So that's what happens when I start boasting in temporal things, my heart starts to depart, right? For he shall be like a shrub in the desert. We've gone hiking uh, out there in the desert. It's very interesting. I actually really enjoy the desert. But when it gets cold at night and the wind kicks up, it's not a fun place to be. Uh, For he shall be like a shrub in the desert who shall not see when the good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness. In a salt land which is not inhabited. Sounds like a terrible place. But blessed, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the water, which spreads out its roots by the river. That's the key point there. God's bringing you deep with content so that when difficulties come, we live in the B part of this verse. The leaf will be green, we will not be anxious in the year of drought, and we will not cease from yielding fruit. Isn't that a great promise? How many want to live in that promise? Right? Think about that. We will not be anxious in the year of drought. Yes. That's good. Like, when you look at a palm tree or you look at uh, trees like the Joshua tree in the desert, their roots are so deep into the underground waterway And no matter what's going on on the outside with the intense heat, their roots are deep. Why? In one sense, we could say the believer whose roots are deep knows God. They know God in this sense. Lord, I'm going from revelation, from uh, step of faith to step of faith. I'm learning you in my difficulties. I'm learning you in my successes. I'm learning you in the good times and I'm learning you in the bad times, right? And this is going to be the real... Uh, fruit-bearing opportunity, right? Because let's look at it. The leaf will always be green. How many here have a green thumb? Anybody have a green thumb? Okay. How many can kill plastic plants? Okay. 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 God says you will not... Okay. We'll always have life and fruitfulness. Why? Because we're connected to him. We're connected to him. This is a day to boast in who he is. Amen. We don't have to have all the answers. I, I, one of our pastors in Fed Hill said this. He says, you know what? We don't have to be debaters. We only have to be declarers. Isn't that good? I'm not here to debate anybody about faith. I'm going to just tell them how great our God is. You know, one author said it like this. 
Our, the gospel is like a lion in the cage. All we have to do is open the door. Let the lion out, right? Isn't that good? We don't have to defend the lion. Lions are pretty incredible, aren't they? Just open the door. We open our mouth. We just open our hearts and we say, let me tell you today how good our God is, how faithful he is, how in the moment he is, how much of a friend he is. And we won't be anxious when, it's, when there's a drought. There's a spiritual drought in our country. Yes. Uh, there may be other droughts. Uh, maybe in our lives we have times of doubt and, and challenge. But God is saying, if you're connected to me, you'll have everything that you need. You'll learn something new about me and you'll yield fruit. You'll yield fruit. Um, as I close today, have you ever been through a trial and you have an idea of who God is, but after the trial... It's like very different. Yeah. Anybody? It's deeper, isn't it? It's, uh, it's, very, um, it's very personal. I was talking with uh, someone that was struggling from cancer, and um, we were praying with them. And it was, they had a pretty serious uh, situation with cancer. And this week, they were given the cancer-free or the cancer remission diagnosis. And I was just like, thank you, Jesus. And yeah, that's huge. And I, I just remember... Kind of seeing the progression of that person's life. And I, I said, what do you know, you know, who is God to you? Like, because it can be very theoretical, but after something like that, it's very actual. It's very real. And this person is totally different. Why? Because their roots went deep. It, was, it wasn't just, oh, God is, you know, some, some nice person in the Bible, some Sunday school. But no, he is my Lord. He is my Christ. Right? He's my everything. We don't realize that Christ is all we need until Christ is all we have. Right? Let me say that again. It's not original with me. We don't realize Christ is all we need until he's all we have. And then it's like, oh, he's way enough. Right? He's way enough. He's, he is so faithful. So as we grow and progress in our, in our, in our faith... I want to just, in my spirit, as I grow, I said, Lord, I want, to, I want to know you and learn you and, and understand you deeper in a deep way. And then, and then Jeremiah 3.15 happens. Jeremiah 3.15. You're great listeners today. We're going to be done in about 15 minutes. Is that okay? No, two minutes. Two minutes. This is what happens. I was thinking of Pastor Dennis, and this verse reminded me of him. Uh, and I love this. 3.15, it says this. Uh, and I'll give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with the knowledge and understanding. Isn't that good? Shepherds after my own heart, right? I am your shepherd, and you will not want. You shall not want and in these days, uh, these are interesting days. Like, I don't know about you. I, I see great opportunity. That's why we're planting churches. We're actually, Greater Grace is in the process of planting four churches at once. Isn't that incredible? Four churches, right? And, and why is that? Because people are in great need to hear this great gospel. And what you know of God is how you'll relate to him. What you know of God will be how you and I follow him. What we know about God 
will be the measure that in times of drought, we will be sustained, amen? And flourish, will flourish. Our families will flourish. Young people will flourish. And uh, Father, we just thank you today. Lord, we want to know greater about your love. We want to understand your forgiveness. We want to have a fresh look at your grace. We want to have a fresh uh, receptivity to to uh, your truth, Lord. Keep us, keep us, Lord, as a childlike faith, childlike faith. Bring us deeper. You tell us to launch out into the deep, Lord. We want to launch out and learn you and discover you every day. Thank you, Lord. Really bless the church here. Thank you for each person, each family. Lord, give us uh, authority and uh, and fruitfulness continuously in these areas, Lord, as we stretch our roots out to further places. Thank you, Lord. Bless the homeless ministry. Bless, bless uh, the work of evangelism. Thank you for Stephen and just reaching out on the campuses and just draw people. May people just wonder, like, what's this all about? And draw people. Plant people, Lord. And grow people in your great grace today. And today, maybe you don't know Christ. Maybe you're not sure. Maybe you've heard a lot of things. Maybe he's just another religious leader to you. But, oh no, he's the Savior. He's the Lord God Almighty. He is personal God that cares and watches over you. And knows your thoughts afar off. Knows your steps before you take them. Understands your struggles and he's a present help in time of need. Respond to him today in your own spirit. Just say, Lord, I believe I want you to be my Christ, my Lord, and my Savior. And he will do that, and he will never leave. So thank you, Lord. Give us favor in these thoughts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.